Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Derek Ryan trying to dig it free. Got to the skates to Ryan. Jams it in the front of the net. Scores! Welcome back, everybody. Second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 106 in Edmonton. I'm at Rogers Place again. We'll uh, run down some of the new uh, rules and, and help you out in terms of your transition back into the building. Uh, we'll do that at about 1.20 today. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex, digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. And speaking of Derek Ryan, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, River Cree. Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Our Oilers Now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk. W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Last night's first star from the Edmonton Oilers, Derek Ryan. Hi, Derek. It's Bob. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing great. A little tired today, but i um, happy with the big win last night. Yeah, pretty uh, quick turnaround, eh? You're... Uh, you play last night. Get uh, you're out with the early group on the ice today. When uh, the majority of those guys uh, did not play last night, but maybe just a, a thought. Like uh, you're playing, you're going back playing your old uh, team, the Calgary Flames. Of course, you played there for three years. Uh, number one, were you surprised that you were actually in the lineup for the game? Um, yeah, a little bit actually. I was kind of assuming I wouldn't be playing in that game. I was assuming I'd save that for the regular season, but um, Tip came and talked to me a little bit and explained that they'd like to see me get the jitters out and the emotion out of uh, going back to Calgary before the regular season. So after he said that, and then you know, obviously after having gone through the whole day yesterday with traveling there and um, being back in the dome playing and all that, I'm happy that it worked out that way. I was able to get a lot of those emotions out out of the way and um yeah it's uh it'll feel better when we go back in the regular season it'll feel more like a regular game instead of um all the other stuff that we had going on Derek, uh, we've known each other now for 14 years since you came to Edmonton to play at the U of A from Spokane in 0708. Some have said I'm a little bit old school when it comes to the the uh, fisticuff stuff. I don't mind having mm-hmm. uh, guys that can take care of that business. I'm looking at Calgary's lineup last night, and they had more veteran players going than the Oilers. They had, you know, they had Luch and Richie up front. They had uh, Zadorov. Who I think uh, you had a couple conversations with in the game last night. I'm not sure what that was all about. Uh, but Zadorov and uh, and Gabranson on defense. They had a lot of size. Were you sitting there looking at your your younger, quicker, smaller lineup? Does that even cross a guy's mind in the preseason when you're taking a look to see who they got in the lineup? 
Oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent. We're, I mean, not just for myself either, but it's, it's everybody in the dressing room when they put the the flames line up up, and we're kind of looking at it. It's it's pretty obvious that um, you know they have some veteran guys in the lineup, and they had some some meat as well. They had some bigger guys that can uh, throw the body and run around a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is with the preseason and whatnot, but um, we were definitely aware of it. What, by the way, it sounds like somebody's come to the house maybe dropping off something for you. What's your dog's name? Yeah. Uh, my dog, he's a corgi. His name is Bronx. Bronx? And, uh, he doesn't like it when we're his visitors, but he's, uh, he's a little feisty. Yeah. A little bit feisty. <laughs> All right, so you take a look at the lineup. Uh, did, did you like how you guys responded? Because they did land some shots early in the game. I mean, Zadorov first shift of the game, stepped up on a guy, and, uh, you know, Philip Broberg got, you know, run over by Lucic. Uh, Richie got in on the forecheck and plastered somebody. But you guys seem to be able to handle it pretty well. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought, um, you know, they got in on the forecheck a couple times and Luch had a couple of bigger hits. But um, I thought our guys just responded with the relentless work ethic. We just kind of kept coming after them, warmed down a little bit. And I think eventually they just, you know, tired out and got a little bit more disinterested. And we just kept coming wave after wave and continued to you know hem them in their their d zone and it's uh turned out to be um a pretty fun night for us where we spent a lot of night a lot of the night in the ozone which is always fun even in the preseason to to not spend any time in the d zone is always a good thing derek ryan joining us from the edmonton Oilers, who spent the last three years in calgary so derek i i'm not sure if you were with carolina when they came into edmonton here in preseason and 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 took it to the Oilers pretty good at Rogers place it was kind of a, a frustrating and embarrassing night the Oilers had a lot of their better players going can you read too yeah, much I was. you were you were you were you recall I think it was like a 6-1 or 6 yeah. game can you uh can you read like is there something that happens with the guys when you know you don't have as much experience but you guys got hunger you, you know you got a lot of hunger and thirst in the lineup and guys trying to prove themselves that you can take advantage of a, a, a team as the game goes on and make them kind of go away and get disinterested yeah i think that's basically it right there where you're a veteran guy it's preseason you're kind of trying to tip your toe in the water, uh, so to speak, is just kind of get into the game, get the, the rhythm of the game, get the feel of the puck, and try not to have to exert yourself too much when you have a lot of veteran guys in the lineup. That seems to be what most of those guys are doing, whereas, you know, if you have a bunch of younger guys, they have something to prove. They're trying to make the club or make an impact or make an impression, whatever it is. So if you have a bunch of guys that are, in that position, you're more likely to have a hard-working group. And, I mean, hockey's a funny game. You can have a lot of skill and talent in the lineup, but if it's not working hard, um, the team that's working hard and working smart is probably going to end up with more chances and usually ends up on top. All right, you've spent several years in the league, and I'd like to get uh, your thoughts on a couple of the orders, younger players. I'm going to start with a guy that spent some time playing with you last night, Xavier Borgo. What would you see out of him? Yeah, Borgie was good. Um, I mean, a really young young guy. You never really know what to expect from a young guy playing in his first, I think it's his first preseason game there in the NHL, which is always exciting and nerve-wracking, especially this time around where we get some fans back in the building. There's a little more energy, and guys have the jitters a little bit. But I thought he was really good. I thought he, uh, my line specifically, were, were really good on the forecheck. Borgie was getting in on the, on the puck, and, holding on to pucks down low, making plays, and, you know, you don't want to make a mistake, but 
he wasn't scared to have the puck on his stick and, and look for plays, look for little passes. And I was really impressed with him. I talked with him a little bit after the game, and we had a lot of fun playing the Ozone together. And, um, yeah, I thought we had some chemistry. It was fun playing with him. I'm a big Evan Bouchard guy. I know you were asked about him after the game last night. To me, when him and Cooker were on the ice, it completely dominated the tempo and the tenor of the game. Just your thoughts on what you've seen out of Evan so far. Yeah, I think last night was the first time I really saw what a lot of people have been talking about with Bush, and I, I spoke about it a little bit last night. You know, you have the scrimmages that we have in camp or whatnot. It's not quite the same as a, a preseason game or a, an emulated NHL game, and he was definitely controlling the tempo, had a lot of poise with the puck um, on the power play. He was excellent. He was he was the man up top um, patrolling the blue line and making plays and a couple of really nice heavy shots. And I was watching him shoot the puck again today, this morning, and our little PP session afterwards. And he's got a heavy shot. He knows when to use it. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be a special player. He's he, uh, His foot speed's not um, elite, but he makes up for it and how he – thinks and reads the game and um yeah he's a special player all right uh you spent most of the training camp with warren fogel and zach cassian uh what are you seeing with those two uh, you've had success playing with bigger bodies before even last year uh at times with both milan lucci jen the aforementioned brett ritchie so uh how do you think the chemistry's gone i mean i know it's early you haven't played a preseason game together let alone a regular season game but are uh, you excited about the opportunity with those two guys yeah, I think so. I think it's a great uh, dynamic there with all three of us. We have a little bit of everything, um, some skill, some grit, um, some, a lot of speed. And, um, yeah, I like playing with guys like that. Warren and, and Cass both are heavy bodies. They like to get in on the forecheck, um, hold pucks down low, and just spend a lot of heavy shifts in the offensive zone, which when you're playing the bottom six, that's really all you can ask for. You can get out of your D zone efficiently and spend a lot of time in the O zone. That just invigorates and energizes your bench. So I think it's great. Uh, I think that Warren and myself have some chemistry going back to our Carolina days and, and Cass and I are, are beginning to develop some chemistry as well. So I think it's a, a good dynamic that has uh, all the elements um, that you want. When you're out practicing and uh, scrimmaging against Connor McDavid, like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm completely out to lunch here. Is there a different tempo in Oilers practice and in Oilers training camp to start because of the McDavid factor than maybe what you've experienced before? Oh, for sure. And I think Leon's in that conversation, too. I, I think it was maybe two or three days into my time here in Edmonton. I got here a little early. And uh, it was the first day that Connor and Leon were on the ice. And this is just, you know, captain skates, nothing nothing special, not pretty low tempo. And just when Connor gets on the ice, he, he pushes the pace. Uh, I saw him, we started with a two-on-one drill, and he came out of the corner for the first drill of the day and stick-handled a million times and sauced it through one of our best D-man skates and backdoor tap into Nuge and just sets the tone for, you know, everything for the whole season let alone that, that skate and the captain skate. So he, he's just he's a special player and he's a special guy because he comes to the rink every day ready to, to push himself and that inevitably pushes everybody around him. And I think Leon kind of does the same thing. Obviously, I haven't been around them for a whole season or for a lot of time yet, but that's definitely what I see you know, in my, my month that I've been here in Edmonton. Uh, an obscure soccer reference, Jurgen Klopp's regarded as one of the best managers in the world. He has the Gagan press, which is a hard press all over the field to attack and get the ball back. 
Uh, Dave Tippett has already started implementing. You guys have done a lot of one-on-one, then two-on-two, then three-on-three drills uh, in practice before you get to the scrimmaging. It it seems to me there's a little bit of an impetus to get in the puck battle, regard uh, the back back, regardless of where uh, it is on the ice. And I wonder if that's even translated a bit into last night's game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think we're changing a lot in terms of the structure of the Edmonton Oilers over the past couple seasons, but there's been a lot of talk of doing everything that we have been doing and what they have been doing at a higher pace and a higher execution level, and I think that probably speaks to that is that we're just trying to do everything faster, quicker, and better and at a higher execution rate. So, yeah, I mean, the NHL is a game of possession, so I think that when we don't have the puck, we're trying to get it back. And Tips talked a lot about puck possession and and holding on to pucks, and then being really, really dialed into our forecheck, where we make their D turn, we dump it in, and and then it's our job to get it back and spend time in that zone. So. I think that's what everybody's trying to do, but I think that's something specifically that we're focusing on. All right, total curveball. I've never asked you this before. Uh, you are a Latter-day Saint, uh, which some would say would be an automatic tie-in to Brigham Young, which is Eileen Bell's Desert News, her favorite uh, football program. But you're also from Spokane, which I believe yeah. is Washington State uh uh, country. Now, that said, Washington for a lot of years had the superior program, maybe predating you a little with a guy named Don James, who was sort of uh, yeah. Nick Saban's idol. Which of those, uh, Washington, Washington State, or BYU, do you, do you follow any of those college football teams? Uh, a little bit. Um, I don't think I'm an avid fan of any of them, but if you had made me choose one, I'm definitely going to go Washington State. Um, that's just, and like you said, that's just because that's what's bred into us there in Spokane for most people, anyways. All right. Well, uh, I have a feeling you're going to be either playing in Winnipeg or playing in. Um, I, I guess we're going to go to Everett on Friday. So uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, seeing you there, uh, Derek. Thank you for taking time to join us here in Oilers now. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Have a good one. You bet. That is Derek Ryan of the Edmonton Oilers. He was first star in last night's game and. Uh, Don James was considered a coaching guru. This uh, Don James was the coach where War Moon played at Washington, and the Huskies had uh, some successful runs uh, throughout the late 70s into uh, mid to late 90s. Pretty decent pro. Maybe more, maybe more mid-90s, I think, under uh, Don James. But Don James, uh, Nick Saban, who's the head coach at Alabama, considered the, the greatest, maybe the greatest football coach, college football coach of all time, uh, cross paths way back when as a graduate assistant for Don James at Kent State. Yes, that Kent State, four dead in Ohio. Same school, uh, roughly in the, the same time period as well. See all the useless, superfluous information you get on this show called Oilers Now. Uh, again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. On the Ashley Fine Floors text line, get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And Derek was our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. All right, we'll come back, get to some of your texts here on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 121 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Uh, this text comes in here in that interview of Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan should be a coach. Um, 
Not sure what he's got planned after he's done playing, but for the next couple of years, he plans on playing for the Edmonton Oilers. It was interesting. We had Adam Cracknell and Derek Ryan were amongst some of the guys that did some media on the weekend here Saturday and Sunday down at Rogers Place. Cracknell is uh, on an American Hockey League deal in Bakersfield. Talked about the importance. He's on the ice right now as we speak, but he talked about the importance of kind of paying it forward with the younger guys in the minors. And my experience... Uh, going down to Oklahoma City a couple times is there's there's a couple different types of players in the minors that are older veteran guys and sometimes there's the veteran guys that are competing but not necessarily in a positive way with some of the younger guys coming up and then there's the veteran guys that go out of their way to assist and, and, and help grow and graduate players to the next level. Adam Cracknell is one of those guys and somebody's going to end up giving Adam Cracknell down the road a, a, a job as a, a uh, development coach because um, he's got some leadership abilities. Derek Ryan talked a, a bit about the Spokane thing and so did Connor Yamamoto on Saturday. Uh, so my guess is we might see both those guys in Everett when Everton plays there on Friday. Brendan, by the way, will be hosting Wednesday and Friday's show as we'll be flying during the course of the day. In preseason, uh, teams tend to fly in and out of the respective markets in the same day. So something to monitor there. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Hank says, great Derek Ryan interview. Sounds like a coach in waiting uh, with his well-thought-out answers. I'm an instant fan. That one uh, comes to us from Hank. Cletus says, Alex, I'll take useless facts by Bob Stoffer for 500 Well, you get a lot of them on this show. Uh, that's to, to say the least. Sometimes uh, people don't want some of those useless facts, <laughs> even if they're completely the truth, like just raw data. But maybe not necessarily when we're talking about hockey, if you know what I'm saying. Again, you can text us 780 496 KDK says, Bob, if the Edmonton Oilers are willing to waive Josh Archibald, I never said they were willing to waive Josh Archibald, uh, wouldn't it be in their, just to establish that, wouldn't it be in their best interest to try to trade him rather than lose him for free? There's no doubt the Oilers are dealing from a position of weakness, but I would imagine Archibald has some value around the league thoughts from KDK. I'm not sure how, like, I'm not sure how much value there is in guys that are unvaccinated that can't play the full season. Like, and maybe it's easier to stomach in the States where you're only going to Canada eight to ten times a year. Right? And there's a uh, a, a, a challenge there, coming into the country, being unvaccinated, needing to quarantine for 14 days. And maybe the federal government changes the rules at some point. Maybe that's another byproduct. So I don't have the answer for you at this time. Maybe Josh Archibald decides at some stage, you know what? I am going to get vaccinated. I'm Again, we're not sure how this is all going to play out. But it is a reality in this world. All right. Let's go to the... Oilers now injury report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We'll start with the Edmonton Oilers. Dmitry Samarukov out six weeks with a broken jaw. Dylan Holloway out three to four months after getting wrist surgery. Chris Russell is back skating at practice. He was out with the first group today. Uh, Duncan Keith is currently in quarantine. Josh Archibald not available at this time. Uh, coming off of quarantine. The Oilers sent back um, uh, Maxi uh, Petrov to North Bay, Tyler Tulio to Oshawa, 
and Jake Chason, who suffered an upper body injury to Brandon of the Western Hockey League. Uh, they let go uh, Inglot, uh, Drew Inglot, uh, back to the Regina Pats. Rubinsky, Henry Rubinsky, former Florida pick to the Seattle Thunderbirds. Burns went back to San Jose and Kruger went back to Brandon. They did that on uh, Saturday. So right now the orders are currently at six goaltenders, 18 defense, and 30 forwards. They're at 43 NHL contracts. With some other injury notes around the league, here's Brandon Escott. Well, Canucks defenseman Brady Keeper was stretchered off the ice at practice with a leg injury today. A 25-year-old just signing a two-year contract with the team but was screaming in pain, I guess, before being loaded onto the gurney. Habs free agent signing. Mike Hoffman is expected to miss four weeks now with a lower body problem. He failed his physical just uh, last Wednesday. And Red Wings forward Jacob Brana, he is seeking a shoulder specialist after uh, suffering an injury just 10 minutes into Saturday's practice. It's not good. Not good at all. It is 126 in Edmonton. A reminder, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Vehicles are in short supply right now. Brent Ridge Ford. They moved out with the King Ranch, but they want you to know that they've got a full-size Bronco currently in stock. If you call out now, one of the boys will do a video for you as well. But uh, even better, stop by to Brentridge Ford, Brentridge Ford, where they've taken care of all the business on the protocols front. You can go see Uncle Belt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. You can see the vehicles for yourself at Brentridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Alan May, by the way, is coming up at 1.35. As promised, I was going to uh, reread the situation involving what's going to take place tomorrow night at Rogers Place when we have fans back in the building. So here we go. Rogers Place, like most North American venues, has now adopted mobile tickets for all events. For more information on how to download your tickets to your smartphone, you can check out rogersplace.com. Also, Fans 12 and over must present government-issued ID and proof of either full vaccination or negative COVID-19 tests taken within 72 hours of the game's scheduled start time. All face coverings must also be worn other than when actively eating and drinking. Full details available at rogersplace.com. You've heard Eileen Bell on the Global News Weather Traffic Updates talk about the uh, no-bag policy. This is an NHL and Rogers Place policy that's been instituted it prohibits bags from being brought into the arena. Those small clutch bags and wallets are still permitted. Full details on the new policy available at rogersplace.com. And 50-50 will take place in the building, but with a couple changes. We are now in a cashless format for 50-50. Fans will need to uh, they'll need to have an email address and be required to use their smartphone to purchase 50-50 tickets. 50-50 ambassadors will be available throughout Rogers Place to provide fans with assistance if needed. Again, more information available at rogersplace.com. Eileen up next with a global news weather traffic update. Then when we come back, Alan May. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.